Man, social media, just when you think that you've figured out how to use it, something else changes or they add a new platform or they add reels and we have to start making video now, right? I have an incredible guest on today and we're talking all about what is working now in social media. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and confused by what exactly you should be doing with your precious time on social media, this episode is for you. Welcome to the From Better Half to Boss podcast. I'm Tavia Redburn, and on this show, I share how I retired my husband from his nine to five with my birth photography business, all while homeschooling my three kids. If you have a passion, there is a reason. It's because you were made to follow that passion. It's your time to go from better half to boss. Hey y'all, I'm Tavia and I help photographers learn how to specialize and get fully booked with ideal clients so they can go full time. And I do this with the beauty and birth photography certification and marketing school for photographers. I am so excited for this episode and for you guys to get to hear exactly what is working now on social media so that hopefully you can figure out how to best spend your time marketing your business on social media, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, and how my guest and I think about social media. So this is actually something that my guest Heather brought to her students. And she asked me if she could share it with you guys. And I was so excited and honored to say yes. So Heather Lawton is a photographer, wedding photographer, and photography educator who helps photographers become exceptional at their craft and master their business while building a business that they love. She is the owner of the Flourish Academy for photographers who want to gain confidence and improve their work, learn more about editing and pursue professional photography and make it into a career. This is a juicy episode. I cannot wait to get into it. Here's Heather Lawton. Heather, welcome back to From Better Half to Boss. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Tavia. I'm excited to be here. Having you back a second time. We both just uh, remembered that you've been on the show before. It's been Um, a while. Yes. It has been a long time. So welcome back. Thank you. Um, So Heather was telling me all about a kind of presentation that she gave to her paid student group that she has all about what's working now in social media. And whenever she told me about it, I was like, okay, this sounds incredible. She was like so excited about it. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it on the podcast. And so Heather is going to dig into what is working now on social media. And I cannot wait to hear it. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. But before we get into it, Heather, will you just tell us a little bit about you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have been a wedding and portrait photographer for just shy of 20 years. And the reason I know that is because I'm an accidental wedding photographer. I'm an accidental entrepreneur. And when my daughter was born, she's about to turn 20, I arrived at a family wedding. I had like a little point and shoot camera. I was in a corporate job. It was fine. And I said to my cousin, Hey, who's your photographer? And she said, Well, we were hoping you would take photos. Of your, of your wedding? On your wedding day? What? This is on the wedding day? This is this is probably 15 minutes before the ceremony. <laughs> <gasps> 
Yeah. So I said, um, well, that, of course, absolutely. I would love to. That information would have been useful yesterday because I would have like charged a battery, you know. But I mean, the thing is, it was a very small backyard picnic type wedding. You know, it was very casual, although they were, they were certainly all dressed up. So I took a bunch of snapshots with a Canon PowerShot G3. That's a point and shoot camera. I gave them the files. They loved it. It was fun. Okay, I went to work the next week. I showed a friend. She said, what are you doing next week? Because I'm getting married and I don't have a photographer. And I'm like, who are all these people that are getting married without a photographer? It just wasn't a priority for them, which is fine, right? Everybody has different priorities. So uh, I did that wedding and that was the first time I got paid. But I was still working a corporate job and I had an infant. So I, I wasn't thinking business or anything. It just sort of fell in my lap. And then I got so busy that I had to quit my job. So I had left my job. I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. I was working a corporate job and I had three weddings that first year, just, you know, like free or very small amount. And the next year I had 30. The key here is Tavia (laughs) was not because I had any talent because I did not. The photos were terrible. I can show you, I can prove it to you. It would be embarrassing, but I would do it. And I often look back on that time and think like, what was it? It was Okay, one could argue you were cheap. Yeah, I was cheap. Okay. But that wasn't it. People bought into my belief in myself and my passion, and I was super excited about it. And so that's contagious, you know, and they just believed in me and they trusted me. But I would start conversations by saying, Hey, I could ruin your wedding. Are you okay with that? (laughs) And, And if they said, Okay, then I'm like, Yeah, I'm in. Thank you for giving me a chance. And then obviously, over time, I improved, I increased my prices and uh, blew my engineering salary out of the water like pretty quickly and was actually very surprised by that. Because when I started, and maybe people listening can relate to this, this camera gear is so expensive that you're like, how does anybody ever make money in this? (laughs) Because these lenses are thousands of dollars and I'm eyeing up that Nikon Z9, you know? So uh, I thought, I don't even know if this is possible, but I assure you it is. You can be very, and obviously that's what you teach is how to be profitable, which before we get into this social media, I wanted to ask you about your birth photographer friends that you work with. Could you Mm -hmm. tell me a, a little more about who their ideal target client is and what that looks like? Um, who birth photography, who birth photographer's ideal client is. Yes, yes. It varies, but I can tell you about my former ideal client was definitely somebody who was in her early 30s, having her very first baby, probably had some like fertility stuff happen, like was um, maybe had IVF or something like that, but was planning a um, home birth with her first baby because... Those people exist, and I much prefer to photograph home births. <laughs> right, um, married dog person going to the trendy per- the trendy restaurants on the weekends um, definitely has more money than time. Oh, got it. So this would be a working professional usually. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I was just interested because as we get into this social media, I wanted to ask you where that client spends her time in terms of social media. Is it Facebook or Instagram? Do you know that? It used to be Facebook for me for many years. It was definitely Facebook. And I would say the last three to five years, it's Instagram. Interesting. Because what I always tell like my high-level students, and I work a lot with wedding and portrait photographers. I also work with pet photographers via our mutual friend, Nicole Begley in Hair of the Mm -hmm. Dog. But I used to say, you know, Identify your ideal client and figure out where he or she is at. 
And then that's where you put most of your effort and you can have a presence on the other platforms. So I would say, is it Facebook or Instagram, you know, at the time I've kind of shifted that. And I now say you should probably be on Facebook and Instagram plus one. And that's to make sure that all of your eggs are not in one basket. And I would definitely recommend putting most of my effort to the place where my ideal client is. So if that is Instagram, that's where I would be spending my time, but I would be making sure I'm utilizing Facebook plus one other. Because as we have seen in the last five years, so many new social media platforms have popped up and you think that's not going to last or Facebook's always going to be king and And obviously it's not. So a lot of that has shifted. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, absolutely. And that's really interesting because I used to say the same thing and still kind of do because so many of my students have young kids at home. They're working from home, usually while their partner's working a job. Like it's just a lot for them to take on. And so I always have said to master one platform and by master, I just mean you're consistently posting and you know what you're doing and you have a schedule and that kind of a thing before you move on to another platform. So you're saying at this point, would your recommendation be the same for like a 25 year old mom who's got two toddlers at home and is trying to start her business? Like, would you say Facebook and Instagram plus one to her? Well, that's a great question. So in that range, I would probably recommend Instagram and Pinterest. Because I would have to think, please correct me if I'm wrong, that new moms spend or about to be moms spend time on Pinterest looking for nursery ideas or baby decor or showers. Right. Yeah. So I would figure out obviously where she's at. And then I would put my, I would have a presence on Facebook. I would have a Facebook page. It's just about where I'm placing my effort. And while we are talking about effort, Tavia, how long have you, when did you start your photography business? 2009. Okay. So it's been a while. So you've been in it. And that was like, um, to me, I remember 2007 and eight sort of being the tipping point for Facebook where everybody started to be on it. So I imagine you were utilizing it probably very successfully at that point because there was no algorithm. (laughs) Correct. And not a lot of competition on Facebook. And it was, yeah, really easy to get seen. It was really easy. And they were seeing everything that you posted. Oh, I mean, it's so ridiculous to say those were the good old days of social media, but it's the truth because now with the algorithms, as we know, it's getting more and more difficult. So I would have a Facebook page, but if I were that person starting in that age range, I would be looking at Instagram and Pinterest and maybe something else. I don't know if they're, you know, again, this is about identifying your ideal client and then where to put your effort. But we have to step back for a second and think about how this fits into an overall marketing plan. Because if we just look high level marketing, there are two types. We have in-person marketing where you're in your community, you're meeting people, word of mouth, referrals, like I call that feet on the pavement marketing. I'm out there meeting people. And then we have online marketing. But so at a high level, that's 50-50. You could say, oh, I'm going to split my marketing plan 50-50. I would argue I would lean a little more towards my in-person community than than online. But okay, let's just say for ease of math, 50-50. If you look at online marketing, you could split that into two parts. One is your website and SEO. And the other is social media. Again, just high level math, that would lead us to say, well, okay, then I should be spending 25% of my time on my website and SEO and 25% on social media. 
but I don't even think that's the case. <laughs> I think that it should be more like 30 to 40% is spent on your website and your SEO and maybe 10% on social media. And the reason I'm making a point of this is because as we dive into this material, um, relax, okay? <laughs> your whole marketing strategy should not be built on these platforms. However, I am here to help you make it easier, more efficient. Of course, I want you to be productive. I want you to be effective. That's what we're talking about. But please understand that I'm only talking about 10, maybe 20% of your entire overall marketing strategy. So I think we can relax. What do you say? Oh man, I'm so glad that you said that because social media can be such a time suck yes. in so many ways. Like it can be a time suck, not only as a consumer, but when you're producing, there's always more to do. Like there literally is always more to do. You can post more frequently. You could post more stories. You could start doing IG lives. Like it will literally never end. That's it. Yeah. So, I mean, like it won't. And so I love that you're, you're calling it out here of like, don't think that doing something on social media is going to be the end all be all when it comes to finding your ideal clients. It's a small sliver of the pie. So I love that you said that. Yes. It is a sliver. And I I think I am lucky to have built my six-figure wedding business prior to social media. So I know that it is possible. And I, I love that social media is available for us to augment a solid marketing strategy. So as we get into this, I, I don't, don't take it too seriously. Don't spend all of your time on it. Don't let it like drive your life. It's just good knowledge to have. Along those same lines, I don't think this is or should be about gaining more followers or likes, not for photographers. Now, Tavia, you and I are in a different, you know, <laughs> we work a little bit differently. But if we're talking about our photography businesses in the community, then what I want are raving fans, loyal followers, and brand evangelists that I actually know in person. So I don't think you need thousands of people because you don't build relationships with thousands of people. You build relationships one person at a time. So I would rather you be pouring into your current clients rather than spending hours on social media. I 100% agree. And I never had, I don't think I ever had more than 2000 Instagram followers on my photography account. I don't know about yours, but oh, it's, same, same, if yeah. less. Yeah. Yeah. So and I did very well. Right. <laughs> and you and I both know people that have like million, okay, many hundreds of thousands of followers who struggle to make any money. And then we know people that have 2000 followers and have like seven figure million dollar businesses. So totally. it doesn't, don't get, don't let yourself get caught up in the vanity metrics. I look back on what built my business and referrals, word of mouth. I remember one bride, I actually lost track, but at one point I could trace easily $30,000 in sales back to one bride very, very early in my business. I, I Her name was Christy. And I used to think like I could have built my entire business on Christy without anything else. That's a brand evangelist. And if you pour into, and it was because I built a relationship with her. So again, social media, can we let it be fun and light and easy? How can we keep this light, but still have the knowledge we need to be effective? So that's, that's mm -hmm. my approach with all of this material. Are you ready to get into it? I am so ready. Okay, Are people going to need to like, like take notes? Like Maybe. is this a take I mean, note episode? It's possible. Yeah, I okay. think it might be. So 
I'm going to cover Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, and TikTok, all at various levels, obviously. But I I do want to say that in addition to some tips on, oh, this is what's working. Okay, that's coming. So let's everybody be patient. There's a couple of things you need to understand at a high level. Like for instance, everybody will say reels are you know, the latest thing or the most important thing right now on Instagram. Everybody knows that. But it's not enough for me. And Tavia, I feel like you're this way as well. It's not enough for you to just tell me, oh, reels are it. You have to do reels. I will never just say, okay, I'll go do reels. Like, I want to know why. Oh, because they're competing with TikTok. Why? 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 And I just drill down. So I I love business. I I read all about these companies and understand what's going on. So there's going to be some high-level content as well. But the first thing I'd like you to do, everybody has a Facebook account. And I would hope that most photographers have a Facebook page, a professional business page. If not, you can create one really quickly. You know, not a big deal. You know, um, with the beauty and birth, we focus a lot more on our group than our Facebook page. I do have a question for you though, uh, on your thoughts on, cause something that I always said to photographers and experienced myself was this notion that it's not that this is going to sound really harsh. It's not the algorithm's fault that your content isn't any good. Right? Like if <laughs> your, if your content is good, it gets pushed out. If it's mediocre, like I think that, and I'd love to know your thoughts, maybe we have just as a society leveled up what we are willing to like watch, what we're willing to look at, what we're willing to tolerate combined with the fact that our attention spans are now that of a gnat. And so what used to work on Periscope where, you know, which is where Facebook even got their live video idea, right? was from Periscope, which was a Twitter thing. It was like, I could get on there and just be like the the cardinal sin. Hey guys, you know, after you go live. <laughs> and I could just ramble for half an hour. And like you said, have 40, 50, 100 people on Periscope where I had like 12 followers. Like it was very TikTok-ish yes. in that it was just really easy to grow a following because it was brand new and people didn't know what was going on. So I wonder if it is Facebook or if it is our content slash the people engaging with the content and maybe it's just different because I've had posts on Facebook, of course, like everyone do terribly. It's like, Oh, this has two likes on it. And I have 5,000 people that like my page or whatever. But then I've had posts get shared hundreds of thousands of times, hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands yes. of times. So what are your thoughts on that? Like when we're, th- when we're thinking and talking about Facebook and is it worth spending the time? Like, how do you make that decision based on what your posts are doing? Like, how do you know it's my posts hmm. or is it me? You know what I mean? What do you right, think? Right, the content. Oh, I 100% agree. What you're talking about is market sophistication and the market has become more sophisticated. You're right. It's not, it's not novel anymore. So because of that, you have to level up your content, what you're producing and what you're sharing. So I would ask myself a couple of key questions. Does this contribute to leads and sales? Because that's all that matters. Am I getting qualified leads and am I getting sales? And if the answer is yes, then I'm going to double down and figure out what is working. If the answer is no, meaning you have determined that your target client isn't even worth chasing on Facebook then I would Facebook would be like my secondary where I used to create new content on Facebook lives. It started not working anymore. I took those to Instagram and to YouTube. 
because I found that they were more effective. I could have sat down and said, how do I up my game? Whether that's the content or the production value for this market sophistication, what's happening, or do I need to change platforms? I think it's, I think it's complex in nature, but you're absolutely right. That combined with the attention span is is challenging. You you have to double down on your relationships in person. Mm. So instead of getting all crazy, which I have, I am definitely on the crazy train of like, this is making me insane. What do I need to do next? Why is it always something? It's taking up too much of our space and energy. And where I think, you know, if I just got out my community and met people, like I have a great relationship with our local camera store. So me going to the camera store and physically in person talking and meeting photographers is a game changer. And it's the same with photographers meeting clients. You meet people, mm-hmm. you talk to them, you build relationships. So you can, I mean, you have a choice, right? It's your choice. Do you want to up your content game and try to figure out these algorithms? And you know this, just when you think you have something figured out, you're like, oh, this one's going to kill it. I know it. It's going to, and it gets too. <laughs> two views or, or like one like, and and then you post, I, I, we have chickens and I'll post a stupid chicken video and like 16,000 people will see it. So, but of those 16,000 people, how many of those are in my ideal target client? Uh, My guess is like two. I mean, it's very few. So that's fun, but that doesn't move the needle. Then it's vanity metrics and you're wasting your time. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's so easy to get sucked into that, especially with things like TikTok and Reels, because it can be easy to get a lot of eyeballs, which is kind of addicting and fun. So you're like, okay, I'm going to do more stuff like that. But you said, like you said, you have to really look and say like, okay, but is this reaching my ideal clients? Is this reaching people who are actually going to hire me? And I want to like circle back to what you said about getting in person and meeting people. Because I think that of course, now in our like post COVID world, people are craving that, you know, more than ever. It's like, oh, good, we can finally meet in person. People want those relationships in person. And let me tell you what, on my photography Instagram account, the people who are commenting, sharing, liking, are my clients past clients, current clients, people that I know in person, in person, people who have a connection with me. And I do the same thing with my friends and with people that I know in the community. When I see my, you know, midwife post something, I'm way more likely to engage with it than some random account that I follow and I've never met the person. Right. And so when you make those connections, it kind of has a double effect of, you know, bolstering all of your account and all of your presence and everywhere that you are um, because those people have a connection with you. Like when I see Heather's content on social media, I'm way more likely to engage and comment and share than some other random person whose content might be equally as good, but I don't know them. Right. You don't know them. I love that word you use, bolstering. I love that. Yes. It helps everybody. It helps your midwife. It helps your business. And you're in the same community. And you I, you know, when I was full-time in weddings, I would meet all of these bands and these DJs and these florists and all of these people and videographers. And we all had such great relationships that we would consistently be working weddings together because we were all friends and we were promoting each other in the community. And if one bride would hire this person, they'd recommend this other vendor. And that's just how relationships work. And that the key the key to success in your business, it involves people, real people in real life, 
with a soul in person <laughs> that you can talk to. Let's move on to Instagram. And as you, okay, you are <laughs> killing it with the reels. So you picked up on that really quickly and ran with it. Yes. Tell me. I did. Yeah. Um, it started as an experiment. You know, you said it earlier that, or maybe I was watching something on YouTube where you said this actually. <laughs> it felt like it was, you yeah. know, but I think it was on YouTube. Um, you said that you love to be a scientist. And it's the same exact thing with TikTok because I, like other all, you know, millennials during lockdown, was like, what's TikTok? Weird. I'm gonna check it out. And so we just started playing with it. And then I thought maybe I could actually use this for business. I'm going to test this and see. So I committed to posting every day for 60 days. This was the fall of 2020. Really? Yes. And I posted every single day and started to quickly, I mean, very quickly. I think we went from about 500 followers to 15,000 followers in that time frame, And it was crazy. I've never seen growth like that on social media ever. <laughs> Do you think that helps your leads and sales? Does, did that contribute to the bottom line? That's a really good question. What I found is that, and I just did a whole episode on TikTok for photographers, probably five or six episodes back. What I found is not in the same way that Instagram does. Instagram is like my people. It's like my, you know, that conversations I have. It's like Instagram feels comfortable. And like, if I post something, I know it's generally going to be received well, because those people are my people on Instagram. Not that you need to post things just because they're going to be received well, right, but I sure. just know who's on Instagram. TikTok is the wild, wild west. It <laughs> is like very much like posting something on YouTube to where you're going to probably reach a lot of people, but a very small percentage of those people are actually going to want to work with you. And so I look at TikTok kind of like YouTube, almost like a large search engine type platform where you can reach the masses and people who want to go the next step maybe won't be opting into your freebie from TikTok, maybe won't be opting in directly, but they are going to go follow me on Instagram. And that's where that connection um, deepens. So that's oh, what I Oh, got it. So it's just like a step earlier in the process of developing that relationship. For me, that's what I found. Yeah. yeah. But I have students on TikTok who are booking clients from TikTok. Is that and right? so I definitely think whether or not you do TikTok or Instagram, short form video is obviously here to stay. Yeah, clearly. That's, yes, a perfect segue because Instagram is promoting more video in the feed. We know this. That's They introduced Reels to compete directly with TikTok. It should be noted that Meta as a company and TikTok absolutely loathe one another. They are the two giants in the industry. Currently, TikTok is winning. But uh, recently, Instagram, I don't know if you caught this, they have one video format now, one, and it's all Reels. Videos are reels. And the way you know this is because if you've posted reels, you would go into your Instagram, you could click the icon that would show you your reels. As of this was very recent, within the last two weeks, if you click that, you'll see all of your old videos. Like I see videos that I did 10 years ago in that reels section because videos are reels. So um I I suppose that helped in terms of streamlining. Like I don't have to think am I posting a video or am I creating a reel or what does that look like? So definitely I would investigate reels. A couple of things about reels is there are now templates that you can use. And what you can do is if you see someone um, do some transitions with video or photos and you like it, sometimes just above their name on the bottom left, it will say use template. And you can click that and then you can just put your own stuff in there. That's just a really quick hack to 
to get a Ooh, reel I up. I've seen that yet. Yeah, used time. It's very new. Um, I follow a gentleman that he's the head of Instagram, Adam Mosery, and he's a very he's a very likable guy. You almost he's like super soft spoken, and you want to get mad at him, but he's like super genuine, and he he seems like he's trying to help, and he's the face of this massive company, you know. But I follow him, and he talks about all of these latest changes. And so the use template is really new. Also trending audios will have a little arrow on the bottom right that points up. And that means that audio is trending. And if you click it, uh, you'll see, okay, trending to the tune of what? So for instance, a good trending audio, you would be between like three and maybe 10,000 uses. But if you see this audio at 500,000, it's probably been overused. So that's a good way to determine if this is you know, something you want to use. You can also save those. So if you're scrolling and you see or hear something you like, you can save it to your Instagram so that when you create something, you can add that audio. That's pretty nice because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I go to create a reel, I'm like stuck with what audio I can't think of. I don't even know what to search for. And so I just save them all the time. That way I just have this repertoire. Some of the things I'm going to talk about, you may say, well, I've never seen that. Well, there's two things. Did you update your Instagram? And also, Instagram rolls out tests where not everybody has the same features until they determine whether it's going to work or not. Who gets selected for these tests is completely random. Nobody knows. It's not number of followers. I don't even think it's geographically based. Who knows? For instance, two weeks ago, I had access to the full screen Instagram. Did you see this? No. Full screen Instagram was you, you open Instagram and the minute you start scrolling, everything goes away and everything goes full screen on your phone. Oh, oh my so God. exactly like TikTok. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like TikTok. Tavia, I hated it. Okay. I'm just not, I, listen, I love change. I love technology. It's who I am. And I'm not, usually I'm like, okay, I don't like this, but I'll get used to it. No, I hated this. I was like, oh my gosh, Instagram, this is horrible. Well, uh, about a week after that, Adam comes on his stories and he's like, so if you've noticed the full screen Instagram, we tested it for a few weeks and it didn't work. So we pulled it, it's gone. So you may, you may never see it because if you update Instagram now, it won't be there. Isn't that so You DM'd him and made that happen, didn't you? Totally, 100%. He was like, Heather, thank you. <laughs> I actually wondered what this guy has in his DMs because people are insane about this stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. So um, make sure you update because these features will change. Also, did you know that you can pin, I think it's up to three of your own posts to the top of your feed now? Uh, I think, do you have that? I think everybody has that at this point. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So are you using it? Yeah, but not very strategically. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it matters to tell you the truth. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great concept. You pin the top three and that way if somebody wants to get to know you or your business, they could go there. Also exactly like TikTok. <sighs> Unbelievable. <laughs> what did I say? I said Facebook will either buy you or flat out copy you, like you were saying about Periscope. Yeah, you're you're a hundred percent right. That's their that's their thing. So Okay, then there's these saved replies. Did you know that if you type a reply to someone and you send it, you can then hold down on that reply and save it. And you can use keyboard shortcuts to quickly copy and paste it, similar to something like Text Expander for the Mac. You, so you can create a series of saved replies 
So if you have clients that you, um, you know, you often say, oh, here's how you book your session or here's some information that you could save those and make it really easy to paste. I played with this. I saved one. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. What are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I did not know that you could do this. Um, are you talking about outside of creating keyboard shortcut in your phone? Like in the correct, thing? correct. This is okay. inside this of is Instagram. In Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I have a lot of keyboard shortcuts saved on my phone that I forget to use, to be honest. <laughs> right. If I'm like in a promotion period and I'm typing the same URL over and over, like then I, I remember them. But I could see this being really useful for photographers who get DMs asking for like pricing info or availability. Uh, my number one tip with that is to 100%, no matter what, send them to HoneyBook, send them to Tave, send them to Dubsado. Don't engage in those conversations in the DMs. And I, that might be a little controversial. I don't know. But I want to keep everything in one place with my clients. 100%. So that I know. Well, I think that some people would say, oh, well, you want to engage them in conversation. Sure. And you do want to engage them in conversation. But when you're sending that block of text that's like basically the link to fill out your contact form or whatever you're sending them to, I could see that being something really useful to be saved and like the saved replies like what you're talking about. Right, right. So I think there is a... I think this could be helpful, but it didn't. It wasn't like, oh, this is the best new feature. Also, word on the street is that recently Instagram opened up their API to third-party apps to schedule reels. Now, I have not seen this. I have not tested it. This is very new, but this could be a good thing. Wouldn't you agree to be able to schedule those? A hundred percent. I think I got an email from repurpose.io. And or plainly saying that we could do this. I'm like you, I haven't tested it yet, yes. but man, that would be incredible. Yes. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good thing. Um, notoriously, both Facebook and Instagram have been really locked down on their APIs. And then over time they have relented, I think, and they allow these third party apps to kind of connect with them. Do you, I mean, do you remember back in the day, Instagram was before Meta bought them, they were completely locked down. There were absolutely no scheduling apps that worked with. And then over time, they they softened their approach. Tavia, I think it's because they had to. I <laughs> think there's like an uprising. Right? Yeah, people are like, we have to be able to do this. So, and I mean, while we're talking about Instagram, there is an uprising. You know, this whole notion of like make Instagram Instagram again. You know, like mm-hmm. photographers are out of their minds. Everybody's because of the video. And Adam said on what this was so funny. Remember, I like this guy. He said, I know a lot of you are upset about all of the video and and photos is our legacy and we will always be, you know, photos will always be important to us. But the data shows us that videos are becoming more important and that's what you want and that's what you're watching. And I'm thinking, no, that's what you're forcing. You're you're Mm -hmm. putting that in the algorithm and then your data is skewed because it's telling you everybody wants video. That's not true. If, if you showed us photos or our people and our friends in chronological order, that would not be the case, which reminds me, on, I started to say this a moment ago and I, I lost track of it. It depends on whether you're, I have a personal and a business Instagram. When you are on the main page, the Instagram logo is in the top left. It's just the word Instagram. Some of you will have an arrow next to it that points down. My personal account does not have this, but my business does. When I click that arrow, you can click following and it will show you only the people you follow in chronological order. 
Oh, oh wait, what? Because do you remember when you used to follow your friends and you would scroll and you would just see in chronological order, oh, they were on vacation. Oh, they got married. Oh, they had a baby, you know, whatever. And now you're missing it. I actually, someone's name popped in, one of my friends popped in my mind the other day. And I was like, you know, I haven't seen her stuff on Instagram lately. And I went and all the stuff had been happening that I would have commented on, but stupid Instagram didn't show it to me. Was really right. frustrating. Interesting. I am learning a lot about Instagram and these things that I didn't know were happening. This is like so helpful. Thank I you. love the idea of being able to intentionally go follow and look at the th- people that I'm actually following. What I anticipate happening based on what you're saying and based on the fact that TikTok also has a for you feed and a following feed, which it, again sounds like Instagram yes. is literally copying. Yes. I I like that because I like being able to click over onto who I'm following. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to explore and see. And so I I see that shift. I'd be surprised if they don't roll that out to everybody because it sounds like a TikTok copying thing. Uh, Once again, that's so funny. Okay. They also have this new feature. And I, to be honest, I did not even check to see if either of my accounts had it. It's called a notes or notes shelf where you post updates. 60 characters, super strange. So it's kind of like Twitter. Yeah. And it would be at the top of your direct message box and like people would see it. So you would like post these updates. It's like, wait what? a minute. Is yeah. this like an aim away message? Of Can course. you see that working for photographers? I thought about this and I thought possibly you could have like, if you're advertising mini sessions or just one of your regular sessions and you want somebody to book it, you could create a, See, what I haven't seen is anyone using this in the service area. I've only seen product. But I, oh, Tavia, I'm watching this one like a hawk because this this could be pretty powerful for photographers. If we can create a shop that has services that you can pay for right in Instagram, I don't know, maybe. What do you think? I mean, it would be super cool if when you're like booking mini sessions and you're telling everybody, like you're sending out the email that's like book now and it sends you to Instagram instead of, you know, like acuity or whatever, if you could set it up to where they can see the sample photos, they can click on it, see the times, like book right there all in Instagram. I don't know. It could be pretty cool. But then again, are we leaning then too heavily on a platform that we don't own? Well, okay. As always, thank you for saying I would never lean on any of these platforms for all of my business because anything can happen. Like we saw with Rachel, you could lose your account. Your account could get deleted. They could change something. The algorithm change. Things could just go sideways. Again, everything you do on these platforms, I think should be augmenting (laughs) what you currently do on your own website that you own. That this is just like, oh, let's see if this works. Is this fun? Let's try it out. But I would never know. I would... I would, you know, rule number one, build your house on land you own. Make sure you have a website. Make sure you have a website. I have a friend that sells on Etsy that is super dependent on the Etsy platform. And um, I said, listen, you are at risk (laughs) because, and she does a pretty good business. I would recommend, she said, what do I do? I don't know how, you know, Etsy's great for people who don't want to create a website. But I said, you could create a very simple website and just have your your own home base where you mm-hmm. you could send people if and when something happens with and actually it did Etsy raised their uh, rates recently and there was an uprising there a lot of people left Etsy lost a ton of money so these things do happen for sure 
Yeah, we just I just got caught up in the new features and almost like lost a core principle that I live by, Heather. I was like, oh, we could do many. Oh, wait, no, we don't do that. We right. don't do that. See that? You do. We get sucked in. We yeah. get sucked into it for sure. Okay. Next is TikTok. You've been using TikTok. You've been experimenting with it. I know you've done a lot, but what are your like overall thoughts? I have noticed definitely it's changed in the last 18 months or so. Um, there's definitely a lot more businesses there. It's definitely like a lot more ads, but I think it's a valuable place for photographers to hang out because it is easy to reach Mm -hmm. your ideal client there. And I think that people push back on that a little bit because they think, oh, well, if my, my video goes viral and has, you know, a hundred thousand views or a million views, like those aren't my ideal client. And I'm like, it's the same as Instagram. If your reel gets a hundred thousand views, all of those people aren't your ideal client. Right. So anytime anything goes viral, it's probably not going to be your, a small portion is your ideal client. But if you can think of TikTok like a YouTube or even like a Google type situation where you're reaching a large group of people and then you know a small group of people are going to continue to work with you, um, then it does make sense. But I think just like anything, like what we've been saying, you really have to think about, is this moving the needle for traffic, leads, and conversions. Like, is this actually making me money or getting people towards like taking the next step with me? And it's really easy, especially on TikTok to get wrapped up in followers, views, all of that, because it does come relatively easily um, to most because there's still a lot of people scared of TikTok and aren't posting over there. So I think that if you um, focus on what's actually moving the needle and focus on where you're spending your time, um, that's what your, where your focus needs to be. And that's where mine is. Cause I, I reevaluate TikTok frequently because we spend a lot of effort there. Mm, well, I think that's a very wise approach. Reevaluate frequently to see if it's making sense and does it work. So I have a TikTok account. I posted one video, um, a couple years ago and I've done, I've done nothing else. I don't know. I've been very hesitant and I recently, was going to do some sort of challenge, like you were saying, you know, and try to post. And then uh, I read this. I'm going to share with you a couple of things about TikTok. So first of all, we know TikTok is a Chinese company and China and the United States are not friends. So, okay. But nobody really, nobody at the user level really cares about that kind of thing because you're just using a platform, right? But this was just a few weeks ago, the the commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission, his name is Brendan Carr. So the commissioner of the FCC called CEO Apple Tim Cook and said, TikTok possesses an unacceptable national security risk due to its extensive data harvesting being combined with Beijing's apparently unchecked access to that sensitive data. Okay, that's a pretty strong statement. But then he goes on to say, it is also clear that TikTok's pattern of conduct and misrepresentations regarding the unfettered access that persons in Beijing have sensitive U.S. user data puts it out of compliance with the policies that both of your companies require every app to adhere to as a condition of remaining available on your app stores. Therefore, I am requesting that you apply the plain text of your app store's store policies to TikTok and remove it from your app stores for failure to abide by these terms. This is very recent. So the FCC commissioner is saying to Apple, delete it. 
That is a pretty big deal. Now, TikTok makes billions of dollars. So there are obviously some very powerful people who want TikTok to remain available. Conversely, Meta hates TikTok. Meta is worth billions of dollars, and they are very powerful people. So these two sets of powerful people with opposing views are currently lobbying the U.S. government, one to keep it and one to get rid of. With that information, I would use it cautiously, and I would not put any type of effort or any dependency on that platform. Like if it's getting you people and it's working and it's fine, okay, you know, whatever, right? But this means, now this was a couple of weeks ago and they haven't pulled it yet, which tells me there's some type of back and forth happening. Will a platform of that size actually get deleted? I mean, I don't know. Tavia, I don't know. Crazier things have happened. I love this conversation so much because I think that we can talk strategy and we can talk like how to come up with ideas and videos and all of that. But to talk about stuff like this, of like what's actually going on right now in the world, when it comes to social media, when it comes to these platforms, I think is so valuable. Um, There was a time when then president Trump commissioned, uh, I don't know who to take TikTok down for similar security issues and it fizzled out and died. Because I remember that was right when I joined TikTok and everybody was like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to get rid of TikTok. What a... <laughs> and now it, I heard some of this buzz and I heard about all of that going on too. And I I can't help but wonder, and this is just totally my opinion, if if the US is a little mad that somebody else has our data money yeah for sure off of our data because it's like okay f- don't play you're collecting the <laughs> same data right you know what i mean right. you and i y- you're bringing this up as a security issue maybe it very well could be but also are you just a little mad that somebody else might have that data and be making money off that data oh my you know gosh what i mean 100 <laughs> percent, yes you know, use it for fun. And if it's helping your business, great. Just don't be dependent on it. Okay. That's fair. That's with everything, right? Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. It's true of any social media platform, right? Like we always say, you don't own any of this stuff. And so while you're like sort of recalculating and going, okay, where am I spending my time? If I'm spending 20 hours a week creating Instagram content, like, is that really the best use of my time? Maybe it's yes, but I just think being aware of that is really valuable just as a business owner to know what's bringing in leads, what's bringing in sales, what's building community, what is connecting you with people, and is that actually like moving your business forward? Right. doesn't matter. So quickly, we can get through these last two, uh, three, actually. I want to just mention Snapchat. Um, really, I haven't seen a lot of photographers using Snapchat except for my friends who photograph seniors. This is how they're communicating with their seniors, and they're using their stories pretty effectively. Now, Snap. Um, that's the parent company is called Snap. Their earnings took a nosedive in the second quarter. It was below what they had told investors. And uh, as such, everybody's pulling out. So Snap's in real serious trouble, like to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. And they also have been operating at a loss of about $148 million per year, operating at a loss, Tavia. How long can wow. a business operate at a loss? I mean, 
my business, I wouldn't operate at a loss for a year with a, you know, with a loss of like a couple of thousand dollars. I can't imagine these big numbers. So I don't know what that looks like for Snap. Their revenue model is a little bit different. I mean, they have ads, obviously. But again, I only see my senior photographers using that. Now, Pinterest, I think, is very valuable for photographers for obvious reasons, because they are photos and people can look things up. However, there's actually a much bigger reason I want people to pay more attention to Pinterest, and that's because it is an open platform. Facebook and Instagram are closed platforms, meaning if I go to Google and I do a search, so I'm based out of Pittsburgh, and we have this venue called Heinz Chapel. That's this big, beautiful old cathedral that brides love to get married in. And you want to be ranked for Pittsburgh Heinz Chapel wedding photos, for instance. If I'm talking about that on Instagram, TikTok, or Facebook, and, and a bride is searching in a search engine, those will not be served to her in her search engine results because those are closed platforms. But Pinterest is open. So if I put those photos on Pinterest and I just, and with some keywords, obviously they have to be able to find them. So SEO is important. Pinterest is a searchable, it's a search engine, but it's searchable because it's an open platform from outside of it. And I used to be ranked actually very high for that particular keyword because I would just put Heinz Chapel wedding photos everywhere. And so somebody would search and they would go to Pinterest. So Pinterest, really important for photographers. YouTube, uh, I don't I don't see that as much except for people like you and I who are working with photographers. But YouTube is also an open platform. So open meaning, obviously, if you search in Google, a YouTube video is going to come up, right? That's because they work nicely together. Meta works nicely with exactly no one. And, <laughs> and everybody knows that. So like putting all of this effort into your Facebook page or Instagram is only going to get you results in this one very narrow area, which is right on their platform, where mm-hmm. utilizing something like Pinterest could get you it. So if somebody types birth photographer in Minneapolis, you know, or home birth photographer, I want to be ranked for those keywords on Pinterest. And I want to put photos and, and it actually doesn't require a lot of effort because you post photos and you type out your keywords and then that can produce results for you for years and years compounding interest to come. So that makes more sense for me. Okay. So I just wanted to wrap up with those things, but do you have any overall thoughts or questions? I think Pinterest is really interesting for photographers because that's an avenue that I never really pursued because I always had pretty good SEO um, for what I wanted to search for. Birth photography in general is relatively easy to rank for. I mean, obviously, if you live in like Dallas, Fort Worth, or Denver, where there's like a ton of birth photographers, it's a, it can be more challenging. But generally speaking, it's easy. Easy, air quotations. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm just curious what your thoughts are, because I'm very like green when it comes to Pinterest. If somebody's listening to this, and they're like, okay, well, I'm, you know, a birth photographer in Omaha, how should I like, what should I do about Pinterest? Like, what do you think? Just literally start posting things with keywords? Yeah, I would create make sure that your Pinterest account is a business account. Because again, everything you need to have a business account with everything if for no other reason than to get the data and the analytics 
because the that data is typically not accessible to a personal account on any of these platforms. So I would create a business account and I would create boards and start just adding photos and put it. I mean, it can be really, really simple. Yeah, I always did really well with my SEO on my website also. So I didn't put a ton of effort into Pinterest, but I can see where it's incredibly valuable. Again, not from the, I'm not looking at this, Tavi, from just like Pinterest. I'm looking at it from open platform, searchable from Google. Yeah. That's what I'm interested in because then, I mean, I, you should absolutely put effort into your SEO on your website, but this can like do double duty for you. So if, if you just like post that photo and you post Omaha birth photographer and you, you know, whatever keywords you're trying to get ranked for and you do that and you post different photos or whatever. Yeah. It can be really straightforward and simple. Maybe sit down, you know, once a month and, and upload a bunch of photos and add some words and just let it ride and put, put some keywords in there. What somebody might be searching for. Uh, I don't know, whatever that looks like um, for a birth photographer. Yeah. I will say, I just remembered as we were talking, I posted things on Pinterest with literally no strategy whatsoever. And I got approached by, I think it was the Huffington Post and maybe like Southern Living. I don't know. My photos were featured in there something from them because they found me on Pinterest. No kidding. And so it might be an avenue for people. I don't know how I forgot that. I literally forgot it until this moment. Um, It might be an avenue for people who are interested in getting featured. Um, It sounds like those... um, publishers are looking on Pinterest for photos apparently, and they, you know, are going to get permission. So they reached out to me. Wow. No, that's a great point. I actually was featured in Modern Bride for a baseball wedding, baseball park wedding. So PNC Park is our local park for the Pittsburgh Pirates and ballpark weddings were becoming a really big thing. This is um, probably about 15 years ago. So the, I, this was not on Pinterest, but they did find me through SEO in a similar, what you're saying is these publications were looking for something specifically. They typed in, so they must have typed in ballpark weddings. I don't know if they use the keyword Pittsburgh or not, but they came across my blog, which, you know, I'm equating like a blog to like take a photo and put it on Pinterest, right? Mm -hmm. And put that text around it. And Mm -hmm. they reached out to me and asked me if they could publish my photos in an upcoming article, Modern Brides, my first national publication. I was so, so, so excited. So of course, you know, I send them all this and I'm like, I just need credit to my website, you know, copyright. So I get a copy of the magazine and I open it up and I see all my photos. I'm like, oh my gosh, so beautiful. And then I'm like, where's the credit? Where's, wait. Oh no. Wait, where's the credit? Tavia, I had, I peeled open the spine and it was in like, it was in like six point font sideways in the spine. No. It was like photos courtesy. And I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> I no. asked for one thing. Yeah. But I mean, whatever. What are you going to do? Missed opportunity. Yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It's, yeah. I mean, it was just like brand recognition anyway. But do what you That's can. a cool thing you can talk about on social media. Right. Featured. <laughs> you know, like build exactly. credibility. Uh, okay. So that's really cool. So that would be an easy thing for people to do is just to make it like a once a month thing to like post on Pinterest with your keywords and get really specific. Like what Heather and I have said, I think the, the, the photos that I had featured were home birth photos. And one of them was like a twin photo. So if you can use really specific, um, keywords in what you're saying, it's more likely if somebody's looking for that specific thing to pop up. And of course your location and all of that stuff. What like, Final words would you give somebody listening to this whose brain might be kind of exploding a little bit and also (laughs) 
where can people connect with you? Because you mentioned your free Facebook group. Tell us about like where we can keep learning with you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. You can find my name is Heather Lawton and you can find me at the Flourish Academy. You can search for the Flourish Academy. I have a YouTube channel with a ton of like Photoshop and Lightroom and business videos. My high level coaching group Elevate is for photographers who want to make more money. I teach at the Flourish Academy. So check that all out. You know, you can just search for it and you'll find it anywhere. But uh, oh, also have a podcast. You know, sometimes I forget to say that. I also have a podcast where <clears throat> I don't speak specifically to photographers. I just talk a lot about um, mindset and what might be holding you back from growing your business. So um, definitely check that out. But to recap, I want I would like people who are feeling overwhelmed to remember that this is 10% of your marketing strategy. <laughs> Make sure that the effort you are putting in is equal to that 10%. <laughs> like... D- I would rather you get into your community, donate your services to a good cause, meet people, pour into the relationships with your current clients. I would build those relationships over time. I would rather you do that than spend time worrying about all of this. Pick a platform, Facebook and Instagram plus one. But remember, you can cross promote and don't get caught up in those vanity metrics and ask your clients to share their images and tag you just like you've always been doing. This is just good information to know, right? You're like, okay, got it. And I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing. Ask yourself, is it contributing to leads and sales? If this is not making my my chicken video, you're not going to believe this, Tavia. These chicken videos make me no money. (laughs) I am shocked. I mean, right? So if I'm posting chicken videos and I'm getting 16,000 views on it, yeah, that's fun. And people like my chickens. Okay, great. But <laughs> I mean, right? How much effort should I should I put in? I would rather spend that time sitting here with you, talking, developing a relationship, helping your people, whatever that looks like. That to me is so much more valuable than me sitting here with my nose in my phone or or pointing at words. Although your, your reels are hilarious. This you did a reel the other day where you were, you had your glasses and you were like at the bottom of the screen. It was literally the funniest thing. I thought that was <laughs> so great. I, I actually shared it to my stories, like go follow Tavia, you know, like us doing that for each other, I think yeah. is so much more helpful than sitting here trying to like beat your head off a wall, trying to figure out these algorithms. Um, Come follow me. I actually do this once a month inside of my Elevate group where uh, it's called What's Working in Social Media. I do it the first Wednesday of every month where I just go over updates like this and talk about what's happening. So definitely check out our Elevate program. I'd love for them to see that. Awesome. We're going to link all of that stuff um, in the show notes in the description as well as on the blog post. Heather, thank you so much. This was just a little masterclass in social media. So thank you so much. Absolutely. As you can see, Heather and I could talk for a very, very long time. I love what she shared in this episode, and I know that you took away some really actionable nuggets. If you want to connect with Heather, head over to her podcast called The Flourish Academy. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts, and you have made it, my friend, to the end of another episode of From Better Half to Boss. Thank you for being here, and remember, if you have a passion, it's not an accident because not everyone loves the thing that you love. So whatever your passion is, I hope that you get out there and make it happen and have a great week. 